Lord Jesus, if you want to interrupt, interrupt this uh, message to come, come on. <laughs> We're going to be in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. Rehoboam was the son of Solomon. And uh, when Solomon died, Rehoboam was approached by the 12 tribes of Israel, the leadership of the 12 tribes of Israel. And they asked him, they said, look, your, your father Solomon gave us a hard time. He taxed us heavily. He worked us heavily. Uh, are you going to lighten up on us a little bit? And uh, Rehoboam goes to his counselors, and he had some younger counselors that said, tell them my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. The older counselor said, look, if you will listen to the people and respond to what they're saying, th they will love you and support you your whole reign. And so he listened to the younger counselors and he told them, my little finger is thicker than my father's waist. You haven't seen anything yet. Uh, it's going to be difficult and hard under my reign. And ten of the twelve tribes left Rehoboam and formed their own kingdom. Uh, it matters what council you listen to, doesn't it? Uh, you, you've probably had that experience in your life. You've listened to counsel. So maybe you've listened to good counsel and it blessed you. Maybe you listened to bad counsel and it caused you some problems in your life. Well, God is giving us some good counsel on how to fight spiritual battles in our lives. And uh, we need to respond to this counsel as God desires us. Uh, Paul is writing Timothy. Timothy is a young pastor uh, who has been left in Ephesus to correct some problems with false teaching. And uh, so Paul is giving him some instruction. He's saying, I want you, Timothy, to fight the good fight of faith. Sometimes we fight the bad fight, don't we? Uh, but he's saying, I want you to fight the good fight. This is a spiritual fight that is waged with spiritual weapons. And he says, I want you to fight this fight so that the truth of the gospel can last through uh, and, and be effective in the lives of the people there at Ephesus. And he gives him several instructions on how to fight this good fight. So look with me at uh, verse 18. We need to fight the good fight of faith as well with the weapons that God has given us. Verse 18 says, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this instruction in keeping with the prophecies previously made about you, so that by recalling them, you may fight the good fight having faith and a good conscience. Some have rejected these and have shipwrecked their faith. Among them are Hymenaeus and Alexander, whom I have delivered to Satan, so that they may be taught not to blaspheme. Fighting the good fight. How do you fight the good fight? The first thing I want you to see is we need to uphold God's word. We need to uphold God's word. You find this in Ephesians 6, don't you? The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And every piece of armor that Paul describes in Ephesians 6 has in some way to do with the truth of God's Word, trusting that truth, responding to that truth. God's Word is something that is used in battle. Jesus' temptation, three times tempted by the enemy, three times he responds with God's Word. God's Word is a spiritual weapon. It's the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. He says, uphold God's Word, Timothy. What does this involve? 
Well, he says, by recalling these things, uh, and these things may refer to just the prophecies. We're going to talk about that in a moment. But it could also refer to this whole chapter, and that's really what I think is going on. And if you look at verse 4, he says, uh, don't pay attention to these empty myths and endless genealogies. These promote empty speculations rather than God's plan, which operates by faith. What is he talking about? The teaching and preaching of the word of God. He's saying, look, God's plan is that God's people would hear his word and put their trust in his word. So, Timothy, what I'm calling you to do is uphold the word of God. Preach the word of God. Teach the word of God in your ministry. But guess what? You and I can uphold God's word as well, can't we? How do you uphold God's word? Well, one, one way you do is you respond to it, right? When God convicts your heart or when God directs you in some way through his word, you do what God is calling you to do. Another way to uphold God's word is to come and hear God's word in, in Sunday school, church, and so forth, and receive that food, that spiritual food that you need for your life. Another way to uphold God's word is to have a regular daily time with God where you spend time in his word and listen to him and ask the spirit of God to speak to you through his word. Another way you can uphold the word of God is by upholding it in your family. Moses in Deuteronomy told the people of Israel, he says, look, he says, you teach your children these things when you sit and when you rise and along the way and so forth. Everywhere they go, it would just come up as a matter of, of natural conversation. You talk to them about what God is doing in your life and what you've read in his word. Uh, another place, he tells them, he says, he says, put these scriptures up on, on your doorposts. Put them in your houses and let them be seen in your houses. What happens? Uh, I remember when I was uh, uh, dealing with my kids as preschoolers, I, I put that verse. God convicted me one day in my quiet time. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Uh, because I had been quick to become angry. So I had to put that on the fridge. And as I would, every time I would open the fridge, I would see that verse. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And, and all, all through that, God began to implant those thoughts into my heart and help me spiritually with them. I'm sure you probably, some of you have got some things hanging in your house. We have a fruit of the spirit cloth, tapestry, whatever you call it, uh, that we have hanging in the church. Uh, I mean, in the, in the, uh, in the uh, dining room. I associate the church with the dining room. I guess we, uh, but uh, we have other things put, put around different places. Somebody put up some scriptures in the men's restroom. And uh, I, I think that was Cindy, wherever you are, Cindy. Thank you for that. I have been encouraged by those verses many, many times. I walk in the restroom and I see, he is the one who makes my way perfect. And it encourages me. Or I think the other one is, God works all things together for good or something like that. But uh, it's amazing how just having the word of God around your house, it's a great way to begin to implant the word in your own heart but also in the hearts of your family members. Um, then uh, we need to uphold the word of God in our church, don't we? Uh, value the word of God. 
uh, as, we, as we come to Sunday school, to, to truly have a heart to learn the, the truth of God's word as we come to services, uh, uphold the word of God. One way to uphold the word of God as a church is to do what it says, right? And so as we see God's word and as we respond to it, we uphold the word of God. And what happens is God uses that to help us win spiritual battles. Uh, when you begin to implant God's word in your heart, God can bring it to mind when you're in a spiritual battle. I remember when I was a little kid, we had uh, Bible drill. And some of y'all remember Bible drill. I think they still do Bible drill in, in, in some churches. But um, I can remember there was a lady named Miss Barbara Larson. Uh, and she told us, she said, if you will memorize these two verses each week, I'll give you a sucker. And if you memorize those two verses and you write those verses out eight times, I'll give you another sucker. I was not a Christian. I did not care anything about learning those verses, but guess what? I learned those verses. Why? Because there was a sucker coming. It was purely mercenary. But you know what I found? Years later, after I become a Christian, I still have those verses in my heart and my mind, and God can call those verses to mind when I'm in a spiritual battle. And I can quote those things. I may quote it aloud to myself. I may quote it to the enemy. But I'm able to. You know, one of the things I, I found. Sometimes the devil will whisper in, in my ear. I'm sure he's done the same with many of you. Why don't you give up? You know what I love to do? I quote, all things are possible with God. Now, usually I don't get it the first time. Some of you may get it the first time, but I'm a little slower. I have to repeat it a couple of times. Then I'll say, all things are possible with God. Then I'll say, all things are possible with God. And before long, I'm having a praise service instead of being in discouragement. It's amazing the power of God's word. It is a spiritual weapon. So uphold God's word in your life. So how do you fight the good fight of faith? First of all, open, excuse me, uphold God's word. Secondly, receive God's encouragement. Receive God's encouragement. He says, so by recalling them, it will definitely include the prophecies that he's mentioned there in verse 18. He says, I'm giving you this instruction. What is this? To tell these guys not to preach this false doctrine and to teach the word of God in keeping with the prophecies previously made about you. What is a prophecy? It's just something spoken forth that God has impressed upon your heart. Uh, I think it can be uh, included in a message. There's a message that the Spirit of God uh, as it's being preached, may, may uh, just apply that to your life. It might be a personal word of encouragement from a Christian brother or sister. There have been times I've been in a conversation with another Christian, and maybe they didn't even know what I was going through, but uh, they begin to talk about some passage in the Word of God, or they begin to talk about something that they believe, and it just hits me. Like the Holy Spirit saying, that's for you, Roger, listen up. Uh, it's just something spoken forth under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. 
It is spoken forth for the purpose of giving encouragement or building up the body of Christ. Uh, And so this is encouragement from God's people. Receive God's encouragement. Did you know that we're not in this battle by ourselves? We're in this battle with a body of believers. And by the way, that's one reason you need a church. Amen? Because the Bible teaches that we are called as a body. That there are some things that I don't have that you have and that you have that I don't have. And that as we come together and as we minister to each other and as we discuss God's word together and as we serve each other, something happens to build us up and help us fulfill the purposes of God for our lives. This is especially true in spiritual battles. Have you ever had one of those thoughts come across your mind? I just don't feel like going to church today. I just don't, I don't want to put forth the effort. I just want to stay here. Maybe it's in the cold. You know, it's cold outside. I don't even want to get out in the cold. I just want to stay right here where I am. Have you ever had those thoughts and then you've gone on to church and you found that in your discouragement you found exactly what you needed? God ministers to us and builds us up through his body. He encourages us. So receive God's encouragement. One of the best ways you can do that is by coming to the house of God. A great way to do that is by coming to Sunday school. Uh, In Sunday school, we discuss God's word. We can ask questions. We can share, hey, I'm struggling with this in my life, and would you guys please pray for me? Uh, and, And we can support each other in prayer and lift each other up. Uh, This is part of receiving the encouragement of God. Friendships. Don't just leave the encouragement of God for Sunday or for Wednesday. Friendships. Good, solid Christian friendships can bring great encouragement to you. I had a friend uh, in Texas who told me, he said, Roger, uh, anytime you need to come, you come by my office and we'll talk and we'll pray. He knew I was struggling with some things in my church and uh, and, and true to his word, every time I came in there, he was the boss, and so, he, you know, he could do what he wanted to do, and he, he would say, y'all don't disturb us, and he'd get a couple of sodas, and we'd go in there and sit, and, and I'd, uh, I'd complain, I don't know if that's a good thing, uh, we're supposed to give thanks, aren't we, but uh, I would tell him about all of the different things I was going through, and then we would pray, and it was amazing how God would just kind of bring a shift in my heart. I came in worried, anxious, distraught, and I left with God's peace. That's God's encouragement. God can sometimes speak to you through the prayers of other people. Uh, God can speak to you uh, through discussions that you have about God's word. So receive the encouragement that God has given you. Sometimes a song will come on the radio. I remember one day I was discouraged. I was driving home. And this has been a while back, and I turned on the radio, and four songs in a row spoke directly to the situation that I was facing. After one, I'm saying, thank you, Lord. After two, I'm saying, God, you may be trying to tell me something. After four, I'm saying, Lord, you are ministering to me. I know that this is you. Did you know God is sovereign over the music lineup? He is. Uh receive the encouragement that God has given you uh, and, and, and treasure that because that will strengthen you, it will build you up 
so that you can fight the battles that, that you need. By the way, this book here is an encouragement to Timothy, isn't it? This letter that Paul's writing. He's saying, hey, Timothy, don't quit. Fight the good fight of faith. Keep on keeping on. Don't be discouraged. God is with you. So fighting the good fight. Oh, by the way, before I move on from that, let me just say one other thing. Be an encourager. Somebody may live or die based on the encouragement they receive in the house of God. Tell you one other thing. W.A. Criswell, years ago, um, in his dorm in seminary, started singing a song. It pays to serve Jesus. It pays. He was just singing loud. If you ever heard him preach, you know he's got a big, booming voice. It pays to serve Jesus. It pays every day. It pays to serve Jesus every step of the way. And um, what he didn't know is there was another young seminary student who had been packing his bags to leave seminary in discouragement and defeat. And he heard that song. And he changed his mind. About uh, 20 years later, he walks up to W. Criswell at a, at a Southern Baptist convention and he says, uh, Dr. Criswell, he said, uh, can I speak with you a moment? And he said, sure. You know, and he said, uh, you, you may not remember this, but one day, he said, I was discouraged and I was going to leave seminary and quit the ministry. And I heard you singing, it pays to serve Jesus. It pays every day. Listen, if God puts it on your heart to share a word of encouragement, never neglect to do it. Because it can really help someone in their walk with God. It matters a great deal. So, fighting the good fight of faith, how do you do it? Uphold God's word, receive God's encouragement. Thirdly, trust God's direction. Look at verse 19. Having faith. Having faith. Trust God's direction. What do you mean by trust God's direction, Pastor? Well, it, it could be direction from God's Word. It might be in your quiet time. You're opening the Word of God, and God uh, shows you something that you need to do. Or maybe a sin you need to repent of. That would be trusting God's direction. He may give you wisdom for a situation that you're facing in your life. You need to trust God's direction. Sometimes God may lead you through the Holy Spirit, the, the, the peace of the Holy Spirit. Let the peace of God reign in your heart, Colossians says. Um, and so God sometimes will direct you through his spirit. His spirit will never go against or contradict his word. And his word is the, the chief thing by which we find his direction. But, but God does lead us through his spirit as well. We need to trust God's direction. Having faith. Do you think it was hard for Timothy to trust God? He saw problems, great problems. Uh, not only were they teaching false doctrine, but, but there, there was one that was putting people out of the church. They were having church dissension. Uh, they were having all of these, these different challenges. And even later on, when they finally get their doctrine straight, uh, in the book of Revelation, John says, you've left your first love. So everywhere he looks, he's seeing these problems. Have you felt that way in your life before? Everywhere you look, you see problems. Trust God. 
keep following the direction that he's given you. I've shared with you about my, my last church uh, a number of times about some of the struggles that I went through there with the, with the, the problems and so forth. But um, I, I would pray every day, God, would you please move me? Please let me go. He wouldn't let me go. And uh, finally, one day, I was just completely overwhelmed. I'd put out three fires and five would spring up. I mean, it was just, I, I just was overwhelmed by it. I said, God, I can't do this. I said, I don't, I don't even know how to begin to control what's going on here or, or keep things going the way they need to go. And, and I, I don't even remember how God communicated this to my heart, but I felt like God was saying to me, you just trust me and you do what I tell you to do one day at a time. You just keep trusting. I've called you here. You keep trusting me. You keep doing what I called you to do. And I did. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know how to fix the problem. But I began to do that. I, every day I'd say, okay, God, what do you want me to do today? And I would do that. And then, guess what? After a season of time, God fixed the problems there. We entered into a season of revival. And it was some of the, it's probably the sweetest two months I've ever experienced in church life, it was just a, just amazing what God did, but it looked like there was no hope. Matter of fact, I went. I had nine pastors that I prayed with on Mondays. I asked them some counsel a couple couple of times, and every single one of them told me, "You need to leave. You need to leave." Nobody else has ever had any any uh, prosperity there or blessing of God there. You're not going to either. You just need to leave. Isn't that encouraging? <laughs> yeah. But then when I went and prayed about it, I could, I could not find a peace about doing that. Listen, when God calls you to do something, trust him in his direction. God knows what he's doing. You may not know what you're doing, but God knows what he's doing. Trust his direction. Timothy is hearing from Paul. He says, hey, look, having faith. Timothy, don't forget to trust God. Don't forget that this ministry is not just about you. You have a divine helper. Aren't you glad we have a divine helper to help us in the circumstances of life and with the challenges of life? Uh, we're not alone. What did Jesus say? I will never leave you or forsake you. Timothy, trust God's direction. We need to trust God's direction. By the way, this is true not just with your problems, but it's true in every area of life. Trust God's direction with your kids. Do you pray about your kids? Do you, do you ask God, Lord, I don't know what to do about this particular thing. Would you please give me wisdom? Would you please show me how to love my kids or how, how to discipline my kids in the, in the best way that I can or whatever it is. And take that to God and then trust his direction. Maybe it's direction from his word. Sometimes people listen to people out in the world more than they listen to God. Well, this is what the world says we ought to do with our kids. That's the reason we're in so much trouble. Listen to God. Follow his direction. Trust his direction. Um, every facet of your life. I was a mechanic in the military, and I used to pray when I get stumped about something. I'd just pray about it. God, would you help me, help me get this? I, <laughs> I need help. 
Listen, we have a God who says, I have your hairs numbered. I have your days written in my book. I care about you. I know every word that you're going to say before you say it. I see when you sit and when you rise. I want to be involved in your life. Trust me. What did Paul say in Ephesians 6? Taking up the shield of faith wherewith we shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. The wicked one. Listen, I want you to know, trust in God is a powerful weapon. Trust God's direction. Then finally, follow God's path. Verse 19, having faith and a good conscience. A good conscience. We need to follow God's path. Every human being, I believe, has a conscience. Your conscience can become dulled. It can become calloused. It can become seared. Sometimes your conscience doesn't line up with the word of God because it has been affected by your choices and by your sin. But praise God, it doesn't have to stay that way. How do you have a good conscience? One way is learn what the word of God says. It will instruct your conscience. Uh, But then having a good conscience means also to have a clear conscience. In other words... There's there's not things in your life that you're doing that are displeasing to God. You're following the path that he has laid out before you. Of course, none of us are perfect, and all of us sin, and we need to confess that to God uh, to restore our fellowship. But following God's path, choosing each day. Jesus said, if you want to follow me, take up your cross daily and follow me. Die to yourself, die to your own way, and choose to follow my path. Timothy, have a good conscience. Instruct it with the word of God. Obey what you know is right from God. Follow his path. Sometimes it's not easy to do right. Do you think it was easy for Timothy to confront these false teachers and tell them, stop teaching this in the the church? I bet they got mad at him. Who knows, they may have even had a campaign if, if they were Baptists, they probably got on the phone, right? <laughs> and they called around trying to get some people together to stand against this instruction. I, I don't know what Timothy went through, but I, know, I do know that sometimes it's hard to obey God. Sometimes there's a cost that comes with obeying God, but follow his path. You know what the scripture says, him that honoreth me, him will I honor. You honor God by following his path. He'll honor you. He'll honor you. Timothy was called to follow God's path. What is God's path for your life? Well, if you're here today and you don't know Christ, his path begins with one step, and that is a step that you make to surrender your life. You're choosing to turn from your sin in your own way to follow Christ and receive the gift of eternal life that Jesus died on the cross to purchase for you and he rose again and the bible says that if you will do that if you'll put your trust in christ turn making a decision turn to follow christ and trust in him uh, for that eternal life he'll give that to you to you based on his promise if you confess with your mouth jesus is lord believe in your heart that god has raised him from the dead you will be saved 
That's God's first step. The first step on God's path is the step of trusting Christ. Once you've made that choice, then there's a choice you have every day to follow God's path. I've found that I have to get my heart right at least once a day. That's why I do it in the morning, because usually I'm, I'm not right by the time uh, the morning rolls around. I want to be right before I begin my day. But I've also found that several times during the day, often several times during the day, I've got to once again confess that sin to God and uh, choose to repent to follow God's path. So make sure you follow God's path. That, that's that's an o- obedience is a protection to you. Did you realize that? I've heard that Peter Marshall years ago uh, was walking on a foggy night and he heard a voice say, stop, stop, third time, stop. Finally, he stops. The fog clears and he's standing at the edge of a cliff. (laughs) What was he doing? He was following God's path. God was speaking and he listened. He obeyed. Um, As you obey God, it is a protection for you. I didn't say that you wouldn't have trouble. I didn't say you wouldn't have persecution. But... There's a protection for your spiritual life as you follow God in your life. And you know what I found? I I, I heard these things when I was young, but as I've gotten older, I've seen that God is faithful. As you honor him, he'll honor you. As you follow his path, it may not be easy at the time, but you'll look back years later and you'll say, Boy, I sure am glad I made that decision. Or you may say, Oh, Boy, I wish I'd have made a different decision if you didn't follow God's path. Follow God's path because him that honors me, him will I honor. And Paul's telling Timothy, look, you don't worry about what everybody's opinions are. Tell you what, if you turn on a talk show or you turn on the radio, you'll hear a lot of different opinions. Don't worry about the opinions of men. Worry about the opinion of God. Put him first in your life. Follow his path, whether it's popular or not. And there will be a blessing to you in that. Paul's telling Timothy, you you hang in there. You keep doing what you know God wants you to do. Keep preaching the word. Keep loving your people, Timothy. Keep doing what's right, even when it's hard. Keep fighting the good fight. And what you'll find is Christ will build his church and the gates of hell cannot prevail against it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us instruction on fighting the good fight of faith. Help us, Lord.